Welcome to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast, where you get help and guidance through the chaos of parenting a child with anxiety or OCD. This show is for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the guidance of a qualified professional. Here's your host, child therapist, Natasha Daniels. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. I hope you're doing well today. I have a special guest in the Natasha studio. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. So that's my daughter. So Miss Nine said it's okay. She wants me to use her name. I think she doesn't like the Miss. Uh-huh. So we're going to call her Alex because that is actually her name. She's almost 10. And we're going to be talking about the fear of needles and shots, which is actually something that you deal with a lot. Mm-hmm. So... Thought it would be good to get a kid perspective. And somebody had talked to me and they were like, oh, they were listening to something that you were in. And they said, oh, your daughter is so cute. She sounds so cute. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, how long ago that must have been? Because <laughs> you and I haven't done anything together mm-hmm, in a couple a of years. Yeah. And so the, the new mature Alex is coming onto the podcast. Why, thank you. <laughs> so we're going to talk. I'm going to talk. She's kind of my co-host. So I'm not interviewing her because this is an ongoing struggle for her. So we're not going to have like some silver bullet answers, but we're going to talk about the fear of needles and shots. Actually, all three of my kids struggle with this. (laughs) And so we're going to just talk about the things that we do and you can talk about the feelings that Mm -hmm. you have. I think it's genetic. I think you have it too. Oh, you might be right. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that. But I actually, I have gotten over it and I'll tell you how I got over it. Mm -hmm. So we'll have a good conversation about it. But before we get started, I do want to (laughs) say we're sharing one. We're sharing one microphone, so I just pushed her <laughs> out of the way so I can be clear. But I do want to say thank you to NoCD for sponsoring this episode. They provide online OCD therapy in the US, the UK, Australia, and Canada. And if you want to even just talk to them and see if they're a right fit for you and your kids, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation. You can go to treatmyocd.com. Or you can check out the show notes. I will leave a link in there that you can click on and schedule your free consultation. And I always say, get an assessment. If you're not sure if your child has anxiety or OCD, what a great way to find out is just get um, an OCD therapist to do an assessment with you and then take it from there. Okay. So we're going to talk about needles and shots. Back to the video. (laughs) It's audio, but thank you for playing. (laughs) So I'm going to talk for a little while and then I'm going to ask you some questions. Mm -hmm. I feel like the first thing that we want to do is not assume that we know what the fear is when it comes to needles and shots. And the reason why I titled this needles and shots is because some kids have a hard time with any needles. So getting their blood drawn or an IV. So it goes beyond shots. Um, And it definitely does for my kids who have medical issues. Hello, right here. (laughs) There's one kid right here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and we're going to talk about you and your journey in a second. So I would say the first thing you want to say to your child or start with your child is don't assume the core fear. You may know this, but you do want to see what's the hardest part about getting that shot or what's the hardest part about handling that needle. And it's funny because mm-hmm. you have a very different reason mm-hmm. than your brother. And I think your older sister who really isn't as forthcoming about her issues, but she definitely has them. <laughs> what's the biggest struggle for you? So like when I'm getting my blood drawn, so like you have to put your arm flat where, like, your palm is. And I don't like getting shots there. I'd rather turn my arm around and get it there. 
And also, I don't like the band with getting my blood drawn because it's so tight that it makes me kind of start to freak out. So for you, a big issue is the band.、Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting to say because a lot of times, you know, when you're getting your blood drawn, and even this happened, she had to get her blood taken. Was it yesterday? The day before? No, it was like I think it was two or three days ago. What day is today? Today's Monday.、Mm-hmm, and we got it Saturday. So it was a day, the day before yesterday. Yeah, so it was two days ago. Yeah. So even when you were explaining to him that you were nervous, he was saying like, "Up,、oh, the pinch is over in a second," and that's actually not what you're nervous about.、Mm-hmm. So it does help to figure out what is the worst part. For a lot of kids, it is the pinching, but I actually think for your older sister, and we're not going to say、mm-hmm. her name because she hasn't given us permission, but.、Mm-hmm. For her, I think it's the feel of blood like rushing through the tube and stuff. Ooh, yeah. Let me add to your fears, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is—that's a lot of laughing. <laughs> but I think that that is her fear. So it's different for each person. For your brother, do you know what his core fear is? Um, getting pinched. Yep, his is getting poked, and actually, he has a fear of poking that go way above and beyond. Needles and shots.、Mm-hmm. He's afraid of bees and cacti and even fingers that will poke him.、Mm-hmm. That's like one of his core core fears. Do your any of your core fears kind of overlap with getting your blood taken?、Mm, not really. But also, I don't like when I have to like like feel like barfing because that's also like one of my main fears. And sometimes when I get my blood drawn, it makes me feel like really faint and like makes me feel like nauseous. So it makes me feel like I have to barf. Yeah, and I do feel like that's a good point to bring up because some kids have the fear of throwing up, a metaphobia,、mm-hmm. the fear of throwing up, which we have done. I think we've done a podcast on that together. Yes, we have. And sometimes when you get your blood taken, either just because of the anxiety that builds up, or because you have low blood sugar or blood pressure, it can make you feel nauseous.、Mm-hmm. And I feel like that that is what happens to you. Because like when I first got my blood taken, it was like really. Easy, kinda. It was like didn't happen, but then my OCD started getting in it, butting in. It's like, hey, you know you can barf. You know that's always a possibility. So don't be like, oh, it's just a pinch. It will be over in one second because then you might barf. And that is true. And the lab guy that we had the last couple, like two days ago, he actually brought up a good point because he said, you know, some people who have low blood sugar. Which you're being tested for all that, which is ironic.、Mm-hmm. Do throw up after they have their blood taken, which I always assumed that you just were so nervous that it was kind of like an adrenaline dump and it made you nauseous.、Mm-hmm. But when he said that, that made a lot of sense.、Mm-hmm. So we didn't need to get it done. Yeah, no, we did. Yeah, <laughs> we're not cured over here. And poor Alex, because Alex has celiac disease and she's being tested for diabetes and Hashimoto's. And so you have to get blood work very frequently,、mm-hmm. and so it's it's not a one and done thing for you, unfortunately.、Yeah. Um, it'll be something you have to do like throughout your life, multiple times a year, which I hope will not be true. <laughs> well, maybe something will change in life, but <laughs> for now, that's what's happening.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to talk about things that help, and I want to give some suggestions to parents. I have done a YouTube video a really long time ago when I was. Way more creative than I am now. <laughs> where I did like a montage, like a little—you'll see it. It's, it's almost embarrassing at this point, but there is a YouTube video on how to help your kids handle needles and shots, and I will link that in the show notes if you want to watch that YouTube video. I love how some of、um, like creators get more creative while you go down <laughs> the other way. 
That's not nice. <laughs> I'm super creative. I just don't have time. I mean, I was, and then you're experimenting. You're like finding your creative like beat. And that just wasn't me. <laughs> but it's a good video. And so in that video, I'm talking about how to help kids desensitize who are worried about the poking. And so for my son, he's actually in that video, but you don't see his face because two out of my three kids don't want to participate in any of my stuff. Unlike me, hello. Except my actress over <laughs> here who loves attention and is, and I really appreciate you because mm-hmm. you're kind of like a, a mini advocate for anxiety and OCD. Mm-hmm. Because we talk about this as you get older, you know, that this is, you know, this is going to be hard and this will be a permanent thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I love your confidence and that you're willing to share your story to help other people. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's amazing. So your brother and sister are okay with sharing their stories. They just don't want to participate in, in the telling of it. They don't want to be shown. No, they don't want to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> and you have social anxiety, but yet you like to do this. Yeah. Which talks about how social anxiety isn't about being shy. Mm-hmm. I have social anxiety about being, like, embarrassed. Like, like oh, if I pee my pants, I'm going to be so embarrassed. Or, like, oh, if I'm if I'm going to be so embarrassed and people are going to make fun of me. Yeah. I think we've done podcast episodes on that. We have. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. So let's talk about the needles. So I'm going to talk about what mm-hmm. I did with Mr. Almost 12. Almost 12. Yep. So we're going to call him Mr. 12. We're going to, he's, he's graduating to Mr. 12. We got Mr. 12 and now we've got Mrs. 18. Well, she's not married. So Ms. 18. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. But for him, and you'll see this in the YouTube video, we actually did exposures around poking because poking was his number one issue. I actually took a safety, no, a paper clip. I always get safety pins and paper clips. Yeah. <laughs> paper clip. And I kind of opened it up and with his, you know, we partnered in this. It wasn't done to him. We both worked on it together mm-hmm. and I would poke him where he would get his shot. And so we would do this over and over again, just gently. And then a little bit firmer, not to hurt him. And eventually when he got a shot, he said, you know, the paper clip actually hurt more than the shot. You know, not, not that I was hurting him, but <laughs> that feeling of getting used to that constant poking. And so doing exposures can be a good thing. For you, a good exposure, which we actually haven't done, but we could do, is, you know, a tightening around your arm. So, like, even when I go, like, it's not just, like, some people might be like, oh, well, it's probably just the needle. But, like, even when I get, like, my, what is it called? Your blood blood pressure taken? Blood pressure taken. It really upsets me. So, the blood pressure is really high. So, my mom always is like... Okay, she has anxiety around this and OCD, so the numbers might be high, so they don't think that something's wrong with me. Well, and actually, we've gotten smart, and I just have you lay down when they do it. Mm-hmm. But have you gotten more used to it as you do it? Yes. <laughs> Where were we? Where I took the cuff? Oh, yeah, that was after your endoscopy. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, Alex has a lot of medical issues, and so recently you were really brave and... I feel mm-hmm. bad for you because first, you may not hear her clearly because she has an expander that she just got in her mouth. Wow, so kind. <laughs> well, I'm just saying in case you're not, you know, articulating, you have this contraption in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, after you got this expander, you had to get an endoscopy. And if you don't know what an endoscopy is, it's basically, I call it a scope, she calls it a endoscopy and it's basically where you have anesthesia on you and they put a camera down through your throat to get to your stomach that's right and you were very very worried about that Mm -hmm. because i was worried about like if i was gonna get an iv or not Mm -hmm. 
when your child is anxious about going to the doctor, going to the dentist, or getting the lab work done, or getting a procedure in this case, it is good to not assume what's the scariest part for them because you might be surprised at what they're the most nervous about. So I always say to parents, ask, what's the scariest part about this? You know, and so when I asked you, Alex, I said, mm. what's the scary, you know, I knew you were really anxious about getting scoped. I had my suspicions about why it would make you anxious. But I said, what's the scariest part of getting scoped? And what'd you say? An IV. The IV. Yeah. I mean, number one. And she had been scoped before and she didn't do it at a children's hospital. And so it was a bad hospital. It wasn't bad, but it was just outpatient and it was for everybody. So they weren't like, like we went to Phoenix Children's Hospital this time and like they are phenomenal. And they, they didn't make me have to get an IV. So I basically worried for nothing. Well, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't say you worried for nothing. I would well, say yeah. that you built up your muscles, you faced your fears, and then you didn't have to go through with it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a better way to look at it? Yeah, I guess so. It was better wording, but it's still kind of meant the same. <laughs> Whatever. So it did turn out that she didn't even have to get an IV while she was awake, They, which makes sense, right? Like, why give a child an IV while she, they're awake if you don't need to? So, Mm -hmm. but you kind of advocated for yourself and you said, I'm afraid, like you instantly told them I'm afraid. And so that's helpful too, to tell your kids and work on communication with the staff directly. Alex is really good at advocating for herself. We had the lab guy come to our house, which is another thing that I would recommend that you may be surprised that there are, there are labs that will come to your house. I actually accidentally found out because I went to my browser and I typed in Sonar and Quest. And when I typed in Sonora Quest, I didn't look at the first thing that popped up. For some reason, I think I just assumed it was Sonora Quest. And I got to a different website called Get Labs, which they are not a sponsor of the show. I'm just telling you a story. And I did not know that I was on the wrong website. And then it was like, we'll come to your house, book now. And I was like, wait, they're coming, they can come to your house? And so I feel like it was a gift from the universe because then I was like, <laughs> This is awesome. And then I realized I'm on, uh, what was the web? Getlabs.com, which they are all over the country. So if you're in the United States, they might be in your Area. in your state. I mean, there are a lot in Phoenix. They weren't everywhere, but it is something to look into. There is a fee attached to it. I think it was like $29 for them to come out. I would pay $500. Well, that's an exaggeration, but I would pay a lot because what a difference. How was it for you? It was the first time that someone like actually came to our house. It was much better because I was able to lay down while the procedure was happening. So I didn't have to like, like sit up. Also, like I was able to relax in my own home because it was my own house. So I was able to do stuff that I wouldn't have been able to do in the labs. Like I was able to watch my iPad and I was able to, like, just relax as the procedure was happening. Yeah. So it was definitely a lot easier to, I think, be in your own home environment. I think that that just – not you don't have that wait time in the waiting room. Doesn't that mm-hmm. kind of build up your anxiety? Mm-hmm. But he was talking about it a long time. I know. It was a little unfortunate because – he was going on. I think sometimes lab technicians don't realize like that their chitter chatter is, I know this is even for me, so maybe you're mm-hmm. right. It is genetic. But when they start talking about like, I can't find your vein or, oh, they're going to take a lot of blood or, you know, I'm like, you don't, I really don't need to be clued into all that. You know, <laughs> less is more. Uh-huh. And he was, well, he was having a hard time because you had so many vials that they needed to take that mm-hmm. he didn't think be able to take it all. But he was. But he did. He figured it out. Um, But you had to sit there and listen to all that. 
I, I wasn't listening. Oh, well, see, that's good. But I saw him, like, hold up the tubes and him be like, so this is how much we're going to take. <laughs> he was. He's like, I can fill this up a little bit. Or, you know, I have to fill up this tube. I'll try to only fill it up halfway. Yeah, it's a lot of talk about blood. Yeah, which was pretty disturbing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, knowing those things can help. But you're bringing up some good things. An iPad can be brought to a lab. So I do but feel like that. I just kind of feel like it's inappropriate kind of to get it out and be like, oh, let me get on my iPad and put my headphones on and just listen to my own thing. Why? I don't know, but I just don't think it's that, you know, polite. <laughs> I think it's fine. And you do bring your iPad when we go to labs. and mm -hmm, Because we have to wait a long time. Yeah, so distraction is very helpful. So I do feel like bringing an iPad or a tablet or a or phone. Or like a phone. Is, you know, you want that distraction. And even while you were getting your blood taken, trying to think if this was during it. Because you had, you had to wait a while as he was, like, filling up the mm -hmm. vials. Oh. You know, she started to panic, I felt, like, a little bit. And so. Mm -hmm. I was. You know, when I said to you, oh, do you want to make it a Halloween day? Remember when I said that? Mm -hmm. What was like, I doing? Um, you were distracting That's me. That's right. I was distracting you. So if you don't know what Halloween day is, it's decorating for Halloween. Well, we decorated for Halloween. We went to the store and got your costume. Mm-hmm. But I was talking, I purposely was trying to talk about something fun to squirrel you mm -hmm. during that time. I didn't realize. I know. I think sometimes worse, well, I know I can sometimes get so caught up in the anxiety of the moment that I forget to squirrel you. And I know mm -hmm. dad was really good at that, like kind of yeah. getting your mind off of things. Mm -hmm. And so I think because I'm anxious, I forget to sometimes do that. But I did remember that time. Mm -hmm. And it helps. Yeah. So like in the midway of like me getting my blood drawn, I always start to freak out because Normally, it takes pretty long to get it, and I just started panicking because I realized how much blood he was actually taken out, and it started to, like, really upset me. So I started to, like, kind of freak out, but not be like, ah, ah. I started to be like, <sighs> and I didn't really know that you could see it, but it turns out you did, so you tried, you tried to distract me. Yeah, and that helped, I think. Mm-hmm. There are some things that you can buy that can be helpful, but they don't always work out. So there's the shot blocker mm -hmm. that initially we started to use. And I talk about this in my YouTube video that is very old and archaic. But the shot blocker is like this little plastic thing that has little spikes on it. And it is meant to kind of disperse the feeling of pokiness like all around that area so that you really can't discern the shot pokiness from like the little plastic contraption. The only problem that we've had with that is the unwillingness of providers to use it. And so mm -hmm. it's been really hard to get a provider on board. When, when I pull it out of my purse and I say, here is a shot blocker, they're like, what is that? In the pediatrician's office, they were more likely to use it mm -hmm. for like, you know, immunizations and shots like that. But for blood work, I have yet to have a lab tech be willing to use it because they like to see the veins and blah, blah, blah. So that's been a little bit discouraging. It is mm -hmm. a really good exposure item mm -hmm. to use did you ever use the shot blocker i don't believe so no but the shot blocker is for pokiness and that's what we did with mr 12 is that we use that mm -hmm. for for him but that's not your issue and so the shot blocker really wouldn't work too well for you mm -hmm. and the other thing that we used with him is sometimes you can order a medical grade 
spray that actually freezes the area. Oh, he didn't like that. Why not? Because he didn't like it being cold. I was the one who liked it. Did you use it? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. No, you used it for the IV. They used it. That's how we got the idea of it is they used that mm-hmm. when you got your scope the first time. Uh-huh. But then we bought it and then you used it on me and I, and I thought it was quite helpful as in I thought it was too cold. Okay. Are you sure? I actually think that he did like it because he always asked for it. But again, I didn't have a lot of lab techs willing to spray it. So that became the problem. Yes. However, these are tools that you can use. And I did find that even though a lot of times they were unwilling to use it, it got my child willing to go into the office. So even if at the end of the day they didn't use it because my kids knew I had it, they were willing to at least not fight me and they would go into the room because you actually physically were hard to get your blood taken. Do you remember that? Yeah. I screamed to an old man, help me. You did. Please help me. It was very embarrassing. (laughs) And, I mean, it's hard because you do throw up every time. Or mm-hmm. so far, that doesn't mean every time. Mm-hmm. But last time, you recovered a lot quicker mm-hmm. than you did the time before. Uh-huh, because I laid down. I had some lemonade, which really helps. Mm-hmm. And, like, having some sugar in your body really helps you. So, like, if you're going to, like, a lab or you're having it at home, you should always have, like, lemonade or some sugar on you. Yeah, I think being really prepared to make it a really good experience for your child is a good thing. So even if you're overprepared and you feel like you're being a paranoid preparer, it is helpful. So I think, and I learn each time because, you know, Mr. 12 has Hashimoto's and so he has to get blood work done. Well, it used to be every three months and it's every six months. Now it's every 12 months. Lucky. (laughs) And the kids are having like some cardiac issues, not issues, but, you know, some things that we found with your dad and so there's a lot of testing that that's going to have to happen around that right now no but down the road Mm -hmm. for sure possibly (laughs) for sure possibly (laughs) (laughs) so it just is it's never ending Mm -hmm. and so but i do feel like it gets you used to things when you it's like a really good exposure to keep doing it over and over what number do you think you were last time you got your blood work i would say i was probably like a nine what number were you the time before that? Probably at 11. So there's progress. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened to Mr. 12 is like he just went down and down and down until now you could tell he's very uncomfortable, but he is able to manage it. Mm-hmm. Which is worse for you, shots or mm-hmm. um, getting your blood drawn? Um, Personally, getting my blood drawn because you don't get to choose where you want to get the shot. Because like with the shots, like, you know how I talked about the, like the palm up thing, mm-hmm. how I really don't like that. Like so, like the other time I asked, "Can I do it this side?" He said, "No, I like to see the veins." So you can't really choose where they do the blood. I know, but with the shot, you could just turn your like arm around, and you could get it like right here, which isn't that bad for me. Why do you think it's not that bad here versus there? I think this area is really sensitive for me. So she's pointing to the middle arm, which is where they normally draw blood. And I, you know, that is a sensitive spot for, I feel the same way, to be honest with you. I think Mm -hmm. that this is a genetic thing. So this feels just more vulnerable and sensitive than a shot, like in your arm. Also, they don't have to tighten your arm for a shot. Mm -hmm. That's another bonus. So if I had to choose between like a shot or getting my blood run, I would definitely choose like a shot, but everybody has a different opinion. Yeah. And that's good news because then you can get Mm -hmm. your flu shot. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Hard pass. (laughs) 
you know, maybe this year you can be brave and get a flu shot. Or maybe not. We don't know, right? We never know. (laughs) Until you go. (laughs) How much warning do you like to get? I think that's something also that parents... I'm like, what? Warning. A warning? I don't like to get much. I like to get it like two days before the procedure because it doesn't give me much time to worry. You think two days? Or three. So that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So you still want a couple of days to process it? Yes. How many days did you get for this one? I'm trying to remember. Let's see here. Four days. Was it? Yes. I, mean, I don't even remember. Like It was. It was. Trust me. Was that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I personally liked it because it gave me time to prepare. It also gave me like time to like back burner it. Mm-hmm. So like... If there was a day, if you said back burner it, I would have like been, no, it's tomorrow, mom. That's a good point. Can you talk about back burnering? That's something that, we, that's a, an approach that we use a lot. So back burnering is basically when you put it in the back of your brain so you don't think of it. So like, if you're thinking about it, you could just think about happy thoughts. Like, oh, like, if you start thinking about your blood drawn, you could think about how you're going to go to the park tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or if you are doing it. In a couple hours, you could be like, well, after that, I'm going to decorate Halloween. I love that. That's really good. How how easy or hard is it for you to back burner things? It's pretty easy because I have a lot of things in my mind. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh. So I could always just be like, oh, I don't want to think about this. And I kind of like to imagine me just like switching the channel. I like that. So in my head, I just imagine me switching the channel and then I'd focus on something else. I love that. I think I've done a YouTube video on backburnering, and it's really not a fancy approach. It's just basically, and this is what I use with my own anxiety, is if something's coming up, like a real-life event that's causing anxiety, you can say, I'm going to backburner it, and so I'm going to schedule it. And this really appeases anxiety on for a lot of people. Is I'm not saying I'm not going to worry about it, but I'm just not going to worry about it right now because I have plenty of time. And so when blood work is happening, I'll often mm-hmm. say to you, back burner it. And then I'll even say, you can, and I said this to you this time, you can mm-hmm. worry about it Friday night. Mm-hmm. But not now. Well, I don't say you can't worry about it. I just mm-hmm. say, try to back burner it, right? And Like it's some- better to back burner it now. Because if you think about it, then it's just going to get you more stressed out. Yeah. And I think over time, you've gotten really good at back burnering things. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And then Friday, I didn't say backburner it because it was happening the next morning. And so then we just dealt with your anxiety around it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. it, you know, I noticed it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. I did too. <laughs> the other thing that was a benefit of being home, which I don't even think that you cared about this, but I thought it was a pretty cool thing, is I put it away to blanket on you. Uh-huh. I didn't think it was that cool, but Yeah. <laughs> But for some other kids might like it. Uh-huh. And it, I actually have a heated weighted blanket, so that could have been really nice. Mm-hmm, yeah. but, like, but, like, when I get my blood taken or, like, blood drawn, it, like, makes me, like, after hot. it, it makes me, like, really sweaty and hot. And I'm like, huh? Why am I so hot? Yeah, you do get, like, she gets very disoriented and, and nauseous. But you recovered really fast. And partly being mm-hmm. at home, I was able to get you an ice pack and put it in the back of your head. Mm-hmm, which is really helpful, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that can help bring your own ice pack. I mean, if you can make it an experience where you're already like, okay, I didn't tell you this at the time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like I already had like 
a trash bin right next to you ready to go because I knew you were going to throw up. And whenever we go to get your blood work done, like I always have like a plastic bag in my purse ready Mm. for you. So those little things, although they sound really horrible, the more prepared we are as parents, the more fluid our response can be and the less traumatic it can be. So even though the last time you had your blood work taken, Mm -hmm. you got pale and your blood sugar dropped and Mm -hmm. you threw up, although you hadn't been eating anything, so you just kind of like dry heaved. I I gagged. Yeah. The trash bin was already there. The ice was like ready to go. And so like- It was prepared. Yeah. So within 10 minutes, you're like, no, I feel better. I feel better. Mm -hmm. Where the last time when we did it in the office and I wasn't as prepared, it went on for a long time. Then you had a panic attack. And so it was much, much worse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't see any panic this time. Uh It was just like a physical reaction. Mm -hmm. That you can't control. Mm -hmm. So bring your lollipops, bring your trash bags, and bring an ice pack. (laughs) There you go. We summed it up. Yep. And you can go through a dry run. You know, I think practicing, you can do exposures where, and we haven't done this, but you can do exposures where you get cotton ball and you get the alcohol and you get a rubber band and you, you know, or whatever they use to tighten the arm. That would be a good exposure. I did. When she got a scope, they gave you the blood pressure cuff. Mm -hmm, I don't know why. I guess it's a disposable blood pressure cuff. And you kept it. I did keep it. And I thought, this is perfect for exposures. We haven't done them yet, but we will. And if I didn't know it was for exposures, I would have thought that you were really weird to keep that. Thank you. You're welcome. But you still are weird. Thank you. You're welcome. You know who's weird? You. You are? You know who's weird? You. You. (laughs) It's what we do all day long. So. You're weird. Is there anything else that we can offer parents? I think we've said everything that we have. Yeah, I I don't think that there's any silver bullet answer for the fear of needles and shots. Luckily for us, you're not going to think this is lucky, but it has to happen so often that it's um, really good exposures. Because what happens once a year, you're really not building up those exposures. But Yeah, this is not lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a silver lining because you are going to learn how to adapt. That's what happened to your brother is he, he kept getting to have more and more blood work. And so it eventually just stopped making him feel anxious. I do feel like, and this is something that we tend to do, is we go shopping afterwards. So there's normally <laughs> some sort of reinforcer. Or that, we get 20 bucks or 40. That has never happened. Yes, it has. No, it hasn't. I've never given you 20 or 40 bucks. No, like points. Well, I've given you points. Yes, mm-hmm. that she's actually right. So we use Privilege App for exposures, and they will get 20 or 40 points that they can trade in for prizes or privileges. And so definitely that reinforcer is really important. It's not going to stop the anxiety, but it's just an added celebration of their braveness. Even if they throw up or they have panic, it's still like you got through it and we're going to celebrate that. And I think that's really important. Unless they don't do it and they run out of the store. Well, that is true. That is true. Luckily, you guys have never done that. (laughs) It's come close. So close. So close. close. When you were trying to get like some old guy to to kidnap you. (laughs) a bit awkward <laughs> but you've come a long way since then so thank the goodness for that did you just push me <laughs> i did i pushed you away from the mic <laughs> so that you didn't laugh into the mic so many podcast rules that you have to learn this does not happen naturally you know so i hope that you're getting some gold nuggets from this conversation i think the bottom line is having an open dialogue with your child like like that we have um we talk about these things 
I do give her some notice, but we talk about backburnering and doing exposures can be really helpful down the road. I think that those can be helpful too. And even if it's a really intense phobia, you know, even doing some dry runs and going to the lab and just sitting there and then coming back home could be helpful. Or one thing that I did actually for my son is I took video of him getting his blood work so that he could watch that. Not up close, but just like them cleaning his arm. And I never used it actually, though. I did do it, but I never used it. I thought it was very weird. Thank you. (laughs) I was like, why do you have a video of that? Until I found out it was like an exposure. Yeah, because sometimes seeing that and just the pot, like I wouldn't do like an up close video um, unless that your child happens to want to see all that but it was to like demystify it and for him to kind of see it outside of himself mm-hmm. we actually never used it because he got better at it and mm-hmm. he still has a hard time and even my oldest has a hard time <laughs> but we get through it each time so the oldest doesn't faint she oh wait she, she, <laughs> she does. does faint she does faint. uh she doesn't barf that's what i meant so sorry uh she kind of does it all she does the last time well i don't think she really she like kind of had like a little like anyway seizure Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> the lab techs seem to think that it was normal. And so I'm going to just go with that. <laughs> she has very low blood pressure. So it was very triggering for all of us. And it's probably why I get nervous when I take you guys to get your blood work. But mm-hmm. we all work through our fears, right? Even I mm-hmm. have to do hard things, right? Dad used to take you to get your blood work. And mm-hmm. that was a, a dad job. And now I got to do it. Yep. And that's okay. Right? And mm-hmm. you did well. Yes. So, well, thank you for coming on. And this video is sponsored. It's a podcast, but thank you anyway. This podcast is sponsored. <laughs> but not by the place that we got our blood taken, unless they want to. <laughs> it's so weird. Anyway, um, I hope that you find this podcast helpful. And if you do, don't forget to hit a star on iTunes or Google Play, wherever you consume your podcast. Hit a like and subscribe. Okay, you are on the wrong platform, girlfriend. <laughs> this is not YouTube. But thank you for playing. Actually- and share. Yes, but I did want to read a review because I always like to end my show reading one of them. But a good review. Well, they're all good, actually, believe it or not. (laughs) And if you leave a review, maybe I'll be reading your review next time. Can I read it? Sure. Best resource of parenting kids with OCD and anxiety. Julie in Minnesota. This is excellent. This excellent podcast teaches you to recognize OCD and anxiety in kids and teens and learn how to best support them right now. Right now, practical expert advice from a therapist who's also parenting. Wow. Thank you for sharing so much OCD knowledge with parents. Thank you for writing that, Julie, Uh from Minnesota. Yep. We live in Arizona, so it's really hot here. Thank you for adding that. You're welcome. All right. So thank you, Julie, again, and come again next time. (laughs) Okay, she's working on her own podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed this, and I'll be talking to you again next Tuesday. Don't forget to find the sparkle in everything you do. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the AT Parenting Survival Podcast. To get additional support raising a child with anxiety or OCD, visit Natasha's online school of on-demand classes at atparentingsurvivalschool.com. 